The world is busy, and it's constantly asking us to produce more and to do more and to be more. And sometimes that actually affects our soul. As we try and sleep at night, we're restless inside instead of finding the true peace. Ultimate peace only comes from God alone, and we're going to be talking about that today. This sermon was originally recorded at Castle Rock Middle School, February 17th, 2013. Amen. Uh, we're starting a new sermon series talking about um, our soul, and the, the title of it is Soul Detox, and I totally stole that title from a book. Has anyone read the book Soul Detox? Uh, it's by a guy named Craig Rochelle. I think he's in Oklahoma City. He's a pastor there. Not one of our pastors, but he's a pastor there. And I thought there's enough good things about it that especially at Lent, when it's a little bit more contemplative, um, it makes some sense to talk about our souls. Um, most of us understand that you've got to take care of your bodies. Do we understand that? You've got to feed your body. You've got to sleep. You've got to do things like that. You've got to exercise. You're supposed to at least. We sometimes forget about our souls and what God has in mind for the peace that we're going to have in him. So we're going to spend some time these next weeks and be talking about that. Um, here's a phrase uh, that we're going to be... Do you have that plugged in? Good. Um, there's a phrase that uh, we're going to talk about just to make sense. You are a, a soul with a body not a body with a soul. And, and I think that you might be saying, well, that's kind of saying the same thing. Would you agree? Maybe. So to give an example, we have these plumb lines or ministry plumb lines that we have at church, which are, um, I got a picture here in the next one to explain. You've probably seen something like this. We try and organize. We've got a mission statement, follow Jesus, live love, worship, grow, serve, reach. Worship, grow, serve, reach. So we have the same things going again and again. But within these, each of these categories, we have kind of ministry plumb lines. And I, some of you might be just going like, this is the most boring thing ever. But within these, especially GROW, is one that we talk about. We say we are a church of GROW groups. We're not a church with GROW groups. And all we're talking about is a preposition here, and you're like, big deal. And preposition is like the of or with. Is there a difference in that statement? What we're trying to do when we say that statement, this is just kind of how we function, is that we're a church that this is kind of in our DNA, and this is how we function. If you don't want grow groups and you have no interest in it, you're probably not going to be all that happy here because this is kind of how we've decided under God we're going to function here. If you can go other places and find different methods. And when you say you're a church with grow groups, that means, um, and at least in my mind, would be a church that has all kinds of offerings for Bible class and things like that, and one of those appendages would be grow groups. That's not how we are. We're saying within our whole body, you can't really cut out the grow groups without really affecting kind of our internal organs as a church. The same sentence as, that we're going to be looking at is when we're talking about you personally. You are a soul with a body, not a body with a soul. Now, I cheated because those are the exact same preposition. But what would be the point? We understand that our bodies need food. We understand that our bodies have to, to be fed and to find rest and things like that. Because, and it's immediate. If you don't eat for like a day, do you notice? A friend of mine just had a seven-day fast. I didn't say a close friend. I think that's kind of weird. But he had a seven-day fast, which to me is just remarkable. I'm thinking, how often did you think he thought about food during that week-long period? I would think kind of a lot. At least I would. Because if I don't eat like every two hours, I'm like, man, I could go for some food right now. Some of you are probably thinking the same thing. You're just holding on for the donut that is at the end of service. You're trying to hold on. So we understand that our bodies need these things. And today we're going to be talking about what our soul needs and how important that is. Now, in the book, there was an illustration that I thought was, um, I'm not going to steal all his illustrations, but he had one that I thought was especially powerful. And he talks about growing up in a home where both his parents smoked. So does that apply to anybody? 
it's been, yeah, so both your parents smoke, and this is his story. So my, my parents didn't smoke. His parents have now quit smoking. He made sure to underline that. But he said he grew up 18 years of his life in this smoking home, and he didn't, this was all fine. He kind of functioned along and out with his friends. He was reasonably popular. And then he got to college, and he came home for break. And he walked in, he's like kind of this haze in the, in the house, and the, the walls are kind of yellowy, and, and he goes, man, it doesn't smell that great in here. But after a couple minutes, he didn't even notice. Has this ever happened to you? Maybe, remember when restaurants used to have, uh, you could smoke in restaurants? You walk in, and you're like, this is the worst. But like after five minutes, you're like, yeah, I don't even notice it. Well, that's what had happened to him. But then he goes back to college after spending this week with his parents, and he walks in, and his roommate goes, you reek. Well, you just, you got to get that stuff out of here. Get your duffel bag out of here. Go wash your clothes, and you got to get this fixed up. And this was like an eye-opening experience for him, according to him, that he had gone 18 years. No one has ever mentioned it, that he smells like smoke all the time. So for 18 years, he's been kind of inhaling these secondhand smoke, these toxins, and it would have affected his body. And I wonder how many of us that also happens with our soul. Like for, for our whole life, without even realizing that there's all these cultural toxins, there's all these other things that can affect us, and you say, have I been breathing these in without really even noticing? And so that's what we're going to be doing these next weeks. We're going to be looking at um, a couple things. One is a seduced soul. We're going to probably spend two weeks on that. Uh, we're going to be talking about a tortured soul. We're going to be talking about today, a restless soul. And I think a lot of us can relate to this and the idea that there's um, kind of always wired and always functioning. That's what we're going to be talking about. Is restlessness necessarily bad? I, it actually is. So here's from God talking to um, Cain. I do not know what's going on with this thing. That actually worked? That is ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Nice. I'll just put up a little, oh, I got holes in it, so I can't do that. I'll put it toward my abs and see if that works. It's not going to work, no chance. So, okay, so now we're moving on. Okay, this is in the book of Genesis. So if you know the story, Adam and Eve had two sons. Uh, They had more than two sons, but they had two sons right away, Cain and Abel. And remember, um, they brought their sacrifices to God, and Cain was one that worked in the field, and Abel had sheep. So they brought these sacrifices. It never made sense to me as a kid, but God was very pleased with Abel's sacrifice because of his heart. He was not pleased with Cain's, and Cain did not like this. I don't know how God indicated it or what, but Cain was not too happy, and of course, what does Cain do? Kills his brother. You're talking about family dynamics problems here. We've got them right here. So they've got two brothers, and one kills the other one, and this is God's curse on Cain. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. So he used to work the ground. So when you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. So his job is now done. But you will be, can you say it with me, a restless wanderer for the rest of your life. Cain actually objects and says, this is too much. This is too much. But God says, this is the punishment. Which, what is going to happen? He is going to go the rest of his life without a home, without a place to, to settle, without a place to find peace, without his main job. And he's saying, this is too much for me. For some of us, that's our soul. I mean, do you ever find up like your inner spirit is just like moving at like 100 miles an hour and it's just going like buzzing? And do you ever find that you have trouble just resting at night? Do you find that like you you try and relax just a little bit and all you can think about is the stuff you got to do tomorrow or the next day or this afternoon and it's just going and going and going and going and going? 
God does not want us to live that way. And so today we're going to be just talking a little bit about what it means to calm our soul down and what it means to find peace. And I think if, you, if you're struggling with some of these, I think this last year I can at least relate on some level. My, my life isn't always especially busy. I mean, it's busy enough. And I, I hate that term. Have you ever talked to people and you say, like, how are things going? They're like, oh, busy. And so that, I always feel bad. And once, I always feel worse even if people call me up and they're like, hey, pastor, I know you're busy. Which, I don't, do I give that aura that I don't have time for people? If I do, you've got to just, like, stop and say, listen, settle down here. My wife is smirking. You shouldn't be smirking. Okay. Smiling. Good. Um, hold on. Okay. I can relate to you in a little bit because this, this last year has been especially busy. And, and I, I'm sure I've told you before, I got involved in that project to write the book, the iBook, which comes out this week. So I have a working version at my house. And this week it gets submitted to the store, which is pretty exciting. Except for this whole year, that kind of is in the back of your brain. Have you ever had that with a project? And it's not even that you spend that much time on that particular project, which is weird. Like, over the course of it, it's probably maybe 150 hours. So we're talking like three hours a week. And of your week, how much is that? That's not that much, right? Like, if you went for a walk three hours a week, you wouldn't be like, that took up my whole whole week, had that three-hour walk. You wouldn't be thinking that, but what happens is your mind on some of this stuff just keeps buzzing on it and buzzing on it and thinking about it, and it's churning and churning and churning. And if you ever found yourself in that position, well, these same guys asked, they said, hey, we're, we're doing a movie that shoots in June, like this short movie. And they said, can you help us with the script? And how much does your pastor know about writing movies? Nothing. And I told him that. I'm like, I don't have a clue how to do this stuff. I mean, guys go to graduate schools to be screenwriters. I, I didn't even know what it was called. I thought it was like script writing, but it's screenwriting if you know. So now I know that much. I got that going for me. So I'm working with my friend to do this, and both of us are going back and forth. We have no clue, but the guy said, listen, you know how to tell a story, and that's all we're looking for. So now I got that, and so now this, this one project's kind of spooling down, and then like another one's buzzing up, and Amy's talking about going to graduate school this fall, so we're excited about that. So that's going. The kids are getting more uh, busy, and church is actually doing well. So now it'd be a lot easier if things were just not happening here. But instead, like this all buzz, can you relate to that? Can you relate to just like this project at work that you're thinking about? Projects at home and these things are buzzing and buzzing and buzzing. And you're saying, I'm having trouble finding rest. Here's what Solomon has to say about it. He's the smartest man who ever lived. What does a man get for all the toil and anxious striving for which he labors under the sun? All his days, his work is pain and grief. Even at night, his mind does not rest. How many of you have been in your bed, you know you're supposed to sleep, and you're just blinking? How many of you, because of the stress of what's going on at work, or the stress of what's going on at home, or you're anxious about different things, and you have this whole list of things, have you ever gotten up at like 3 a.m. and just said, I might as well work, I might as well get something done? Have you ever like gone and you're thinking, man, I must have had caffeine, but it's not the caffeine, it's just this stress that is just churning and your RPM's going That's what we're talking about, and that's where we're trying to find peace. So I want you to pause for a second and say, is that me? Am I a person who struggles with this restlessness, not just of my body? Are you a person who struggles with this restlessness really in your inner being? Because you are a soul with a body. When when the last day comes, what's going to happen? If your day comes and you die today, what happens to your body? It's done. It it gets cremated, it gets buried, it does whatever, but what happens to your soul? It goes forever. 
When you go to heaven, God is going to give you a fixed up body. Does he give you a fixed up soul? What you have, your essence in its inner being is your soul. And this is going to last forever, either in eternity with God or eternity somewhere else. So take a minute to say, am I struggling to find peace and relaxation and a certain sense of okayness, if that's a word, in God? Now, I'm going to give you the Bible answer, and you're going to say the pastor answer. Where do you find rest ultimately in your soul? The answer is pretty obvious, and this is the Bible answer. This is from King David. He says, my soul finds rest in God alone. What does that mean? That means there is no job. There is not enough money. There is no person. There is no thing. There is no diet. There is no dream vacation, dream house, perfect kitchen, perfect car that is actually going to give your soul rest. The only place you can find peace, the only place you can find rest is in God. The question, though, really is where exactly and how exactly do I find that kind of rest, right? And I think the best example is talking about uh, finding rest in God. And the, the best place I think it is is in Psalm 46. So if you look in Psalm 46, is anyone familiar with Psalm 46? Maybe verse 1, God is my refuge and strength. But if you go all the way to verse 10, he says this. Uh, one more. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. If you're one of these people that's just buzzing and wired, have you ever met a kid like that? That's just going like, if you have more than one kid, usually God gives you a blessing of a kid that's active, right? And you've got one that just hangs out and does everything that you want, and then one one that just moves, like, all the time. Like, you have one that sits on your lap and, like, snuggles, and then you have one that somehow kicks you in the ribs every three seconds. Do you have one of the, they're just like, some of you are like, I think I'm married to that kid, right? Have you, have you ever met an adult like that, that they just kind of move around like when you're talking to them, and then like they sit still for a second, and you look and their body moves, they like watch the game, and their elbows move in, they're like, I just got to get something. And then they go, and they're the guys who are usually sitting at the back of church, and they're just kind of moving around like, this. have you met someone like this who's just like wired and going and going and going? If you're a person like in your inner self that is saying, I feel like I'm just going like 100 miles an hour. I feel like I cannot find rest. I feel like things are just buzzing, buzzing. The best advice we get from Scripture is just be still. For five minutes every day, just be still. You've probably been in a car and your kids somehow, they sneak espresso shots or something like that and they just feed off each other. Have you been that in the back seat and there's just this din of, and you're just like, be quiet. Just be still for a second here. Just shh. And then you just drive for 10 seconds. Right? And there's a certain sense of peace. As an adult, I'm saying, and you might be saying to yourself, I do not have time to spend five minutes just to be still. I'm saying you don't have time not to. You don't. Because you've got to keep functioning at this kind of speed. You're never going to have any kind of peace. So be still and know that he is God. Okay, so you got the five minutes down, right? This could be the most terrifying thing ever because the first time you try it, just try it for 30 seconds right here. I'm going to look at my watch. Are you ready? 30 seconds, just be still and think of God. Go. Some of you have already failed. 
Someone's wondering if that's their child. That's 30 seconds. How many of you made it 30 seconds? Or how many of you, you just thought about, oh, you know what I got to do when I get home? I got to change my baby's diaper. How many of you are thinking about the laundry you had to do? How many of you are thinking about that project you had to do at work? How many are thinking about the phone calls you have to make? How many of you are just like going, I got to do this? How many of you are wondering like, I bet someone just put something on Facebook that is truly fantastic and I should be looking at it right now. Someone said, I wonder if that Craigslist item I'm looking for came up right now. Or were you able just to like shut your brain down a little bit and just relax? I'd fit in the category that has trouble just relaxing. There's a guy named David Allen, which I've recommended him before. And he writes a book called Getting Things Done. But the gist of his book and getting things done is you've got to get all the stuff from your brain onto paper. So if you keep your schedule in your head, I think you're insane. But if you keep your schedule in your head, your, bu- your brain just has to buzz all the time thinking about that. And if you, you keep, like, all the stuff that you got to do, like your to-do list in your brain, your brain just has to buzz and has to be spinning. And he calls it psychic RAM, which I think is perfect, this buzz. So he says, take all that stuff, write it down. Before you can spend five minutes just thinking about God, you got to take all this stuff from your brain and spend some time every week and just write it all down and have it out in front of you. You can see, I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do this, and lay it out. Because only then can you think about God. But... What are we talking about here? Can you actually find peace in God just by, like, thinking about nothing? Like, hum. Can you just repeat some kind of mantra and find peace with God? I don't think so. If you really want to find peace with God, there's another step to it. So the second step that we're going to be talking about is not only um, finding peace in God, but the, the second step is finding, um, reflecting on what God has done. So be at rest once more. This is King David again. Oh, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. How is his soul at rest? He remembers that the Lord has been good to him. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. When you sit down, you are not going to find peace if you just think about nothing. But you can find peace as a believer in Jesus to know what God has done for you. You can say, the God I worship is the Lord of Lords. The God I worship is the King of Kings. The God is going to come as a conquering hero to this earth again. My God has taken my sins and pushed them as far as the east is from the west in the lake of forgetfulness, and he's never going to think about these again. My God has already left to prepare a place for me, and my God is coming back to this earth. My God is the God who controls the whole planet. It is my God who says, I have plans for you, plans to prosper you, And to give you hope. It is my God who says, I think of you every day. That is your God. If I'd summarize it in a simple way, I don't have, it'd be the three A's. One is God's attributes. So think of triple A batteries. God's attributes. One is God's attitude towards you. And the last A is God's actions for you. So we're going to try this 30 seconds again. I don't ask you to do weird stuff too often. Too often. So now you've got to close your eyes, not sneak it like the kids. Only like half the kids close their eyes. And I'm not going to make any loud noises. But just, we're going to talk through this for a second. How can I actually find peace and rest in God? So close your eyes just for like 30 seconds. And we're going to talk about God's attributes. 
The God you worship is eternal. He's been here before you've been made. The God you worship is all-powerful. The God you worship knows all things. The God you worship is the God who has been around since the beginning and the end, the Alpha, the Omega. And how does that God feel about you? At his core, he is merciful. How does God feel about you? God calls you his son. He calls you his daughter. Our God says he is the one that says you are my bride. That's how I care for you. That's what God says about you. God says you have an inheritance from me. That is God's attitude towards you. And God's attitude and his attributes come out in actions. God says he has a plan for you. God says no matter what stress is happening today, if you're worried about tomorrow, God's already in tomorrow. We have a God who says, I have sent a son to remove all your sins, and if that is not calming, I don't know what is. God says, you are at peace with me, and I have taken every action, every step, so that you can be with me. Our God says, be at rest, be still, because you're a soul with a body, not a body with a soul. Amen.